Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, Let's Plan an Economy. Socialism is once again becoming wildly popular amongst the young and the misinformed. If you point out that socialism and its kissing cousin communism killed well over a hundred million people in the past century, they brush that history aside. When you point out current disasters like Venezuela and Greece and France, they shrug it off. This isn't that kind of socialism, they say. This is democratic socialism. Which to me sounds like, this isn't a regular turd. This is a chocolate-covered turd. The idea behind socialism is that the government should control and direct the economy. So, join me, if you will, in a little thought experiment. Picture a place that you're familiar with, a place that has a population of at least a few hundred thousand people, a town, a city, just a a general area where you know where the good neighborhoods are and the bad neighborhoods are and the in-between neighborhoods are. You have a decent knowledge of the demographics and the kind of people there. All right, you got this place and the borders in mind? Good. All right, now we're going to give you a job. Your job is to determine the optimum number of Chinese restaurants in that area, within those borders. People like Chinese food. Chinese food makes them feel good. So you want the correct number of Chinese restaurants in the area. If there are too few, Chinese food will be harder to get. If there are too many, they won't be sustainable. So, you've got to come up with the optimum number. Now, it may not be a solid, hard number. There's a little wiggle room there. You might have a few more or a few less than the perfect optimum. But you want to come up with that optimum number. All right, think about it. What do you think is the optimum number of Chinese restaurants in your area? Got it? All right. Now, let's make it a little more specific. How many of each type of Chinese restaurant should there be? You've got to have some takeout joints. Now, will they be just takeout or will they have some seating there? A little seating, a lot of seating where people can sit down and eat if they want to or just completely takeout. Will they have delivery? What will their delivery fees and policies be? All right, now you've figured out the correct number of takeout joints and the nature of those takeout joints. What about Chinese buffets? People love Chinese buffets. How many Chinese buffets can your town, area, city, whatever it is, accommodate? What's the right number of those? And then finally, how about nice sit-down restaurants? You know, a place with table service and higher prices and better food. How many of those do you need? It's getting complicated, isn't it? Now, you've come up with the number. You've come up with 
the number of different kinds of places. You've got to come up with a location too, because location is a very important part of a restaurant. It's a big part of their success or their failure. So now you've done that. You've decided there should be a Chinese buffet over here and a takeout place over here and another takeout place over there. You've got it all laid out. All right, good. And let's say you have enough expertise to make this work and to have the right number. And then a factory closes. But two companies move in. And someone builds a Jewish retirement center in the center of town. How does that change your demographics? How many more Chinese restaurants do you need to add or subtract to have the optimum number? Impossible, isn't it? And we're just considering one thing, just Chinese restaurants. We're not adding burger joints or steakhouses or vegan restaurants. Imagine trying to plan all those and trying to come up with the right number. It just can't be done. There's too much information. There are too many variables to process. And those variables change over time. Now ponder this. Your place already has the optimum number of Chinese restaurants. And the right kinds of them as well. If there's not enough, somebody will say, oh, this would be a good place for a Chinese restaurant and they'll open a new one. If there's too many, then they'll close. And when a restaurant fails, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't cost the taxpayers anything. It's simply an adjustment to the market and helps to keep you at that optimum number. I work in a rather large office building and there's a Chinese restaurant near me. Actually, it's just one block over. So one day for lunch, I asked a few folks, is this place any good? And they said, yeah, it's okay. It's not great. It's okay. So I went over there to check it out. There were two signs in the front window. One said, open seven days. And the one right next to it said, close Sunday, family day. And there was a big line, which is always a good sign. So I got to the front of the line and I ordered my General Tao's chicken to go. And then I watched the woman behind the counter. There were only three people in the place that I could see. The woman behind the counter and two cooks working in the kitchen behind her. And this lady was doing everything. She was taking orders over the phone. She was taking orders at the counter. She was putting orders together and taking payment for those orders. And she was making fried chicken. Yes, they had fried chicken here at this Chinese place. And there were probably eight or ten tables in there. And there were two or three people chowing down on fried chicken. A rather unusual combination, fried chicken and Chinese food. But it seemed to be working for them. So I got my food and I went back to the office and sat down, ate it. And it was really, really mediocre. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't very good either. And I certainly will not be going back there again. Now, if I was a central planner and had had that lunch there, I would have said, ah, this place isn't good enough. We need a better place here. But I would have been wrong because that place has been there for years. 
There were lines there. People want to buy and eat their food. And I certainly never would have thought of putting fried chicken on the menu. But a fair number of their customers were eating it. They're running a successful business. For whatever reason. Location, pricing, fried chicken, who knows. But it's not anything. Certainly a central planner wouldn't come up with putting fried chicken on a Chinese menu. And it's working for them. So it's really none of my business and none of your business. The only decision you can make is if you're going to eat there or not. A corporate email came around maybe six or eight months ago announcing that there was going to be a new company offering food in our cafeteria. They were going to come every Tuesday and they were going to offer salads. So the first day they were there, I went up and I talked to them and found out that their salads were $9 a piece. Unless you wanted one with some chicken in it, then it was $12. And I said, okay, thanks, and grabbed my bag lunch out of the fridge. I didn't think that they would succeed at those prices. And a couple of weeks later, I had forgotten my lunch, and it was really nasty outside. So I went and bought a $9 salad. And it was okay. I'm not a big salad guy, tell you that right up front. But it really didn't do anything for me. It certainly wasn't a $9 meal. I didn't think so. And I figured they probably wouldn't last all that long. I was completely wrong. Every Tuesday when these folks come in, people start lining up to buy their $9 and $12 salads. The market has decided that they have a good business model. And who am I to argue with that? But again, if I were the central planner... I would have had a salad and said, nah, this won't work. And been completely wrong. So, the next time that a socialist friend starts going on and on and on about the wonders of a socialist economy, look them in the eye and ask them how many Chinese restaurants there should be in your town. And let me know how the conversation goes. That's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations. You've been smartenized. All right, folks, love it or hate it, send me an email. It's to dave at davehit.com, spelled with two T's, of course. Do me a favor, though. When you do that, be sure to put the word podcast or quick hits in the subject line, because I get a lot of email that I don't even read, and I had a few that I got from some listeners that I almost missed because they didn't do that. So just put quick hits or podcast in the title. That way I'll be sure to see it. And you can just write and say, hey, I'm listening. That's great. I love to hear from people. Or if you want to agree or disagree with me, please go ahead. If you post a really good disagreement, it might show up here in the comment section. Who knows? I've also put up a Quick Hits Facebook page. So those of you who are on that time sync, you can just go in and like that Quick Hits page. You'll see announcements for podcasts there whenever they're published. Which is, as you now know, every other Wednesday. 
And that's pretty much it, folks. There's nothing left except for me to remind you that the Quick Hits Podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.